0: Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today we're sitting down with Ruthie Collins as she plays her very first show in Las Vegas for ACM, Lifting Lives, the benefit show at Stoney's and Country. We talked about her most liked single for four weeks straight on Country AF Radio. That one's called Hypocrite. We even got into the ultimate night out in Nashville. So if you're going to Nashville, you got to follow what Ruthie does. Let's get to know her.
1: Welcome to another episode
0: of Toad's Tunes, today in Vegas, sitting with Ruthie Collins. Hey, bud. Welcome to Stoney's Rockin' Country and Country AF Radio and Toad's Tunes.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: This is so fun. How are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm a little sleepy. How are you? I am
0: awesome. I saw that you got up early this morning and had to do some radio stuff. I did,
1: yeah. I got up at six. We had radio remotes at 7 30. So it's bright and early.
0: Have you played Vegas
1: before? No, never. First, first time. time. Last night was my first time.
0: And you did it right here for I the did ACM it here Lifting for you. Lives. Mm-hmm. How freaking cool was that? It was
1: so much fun. Do you like doing the writer style? I love stuff? it. Yeah, I love it. Especially times like that where sometimes you just play writers' rounds with strangers and no one really chimes in and you just do your own thing. They don't look at you. And I, I don't like that. But last Night was one of those great times where everybody kind of jumps in and plays on each other's songs and you're like, What key are you in? F, you know, and you just like find it and start, you know, you hear a chorus, you try to learn it real quick, and then you hop on the mic, and it's so that's my favorite thing. I,
0: I was watching, I think Duggar was the only one that didn't jump in on every and on, on every song. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. That show last night we did for ACM Lifting Lives, it was kind of a cool experience. We've never really done on a Friday night, a writer's round style. So I pitched it, you know, to all of our socials as something a little bit different. This is what happens when you go to Nashville. This is what you're going to see. This is the vibe. It was kind of cool. It was cool. I thought it was pretty neat. So you moved to Nashville at a young age?
1: Uh, You know, average age. Average age? I I, I did a brief stint in college, left early and then moved to Nashville. So
0: you didn't finish school. I believe you went to Berkeley. I did, yes. You did. And you went there for?
1: Uh songwriting.
0: For songwriting. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I didn't know that when I got there. It was just music because I wasn't really good at anything else, literally. So I went there for music, not really thinking... Honestly, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd have a record deal and be like, promoting a single at Country Radio, never in a million years. I just was like, I love music. Writing songs is cool. If you make your major songwriting, you have to get this Mac computer that I really want. (laughs) I mean, literally, it was like I was 18 along those lines of thinking, you know, just where I'm from, uh, it's a tiny little town in Western New York, and nobody does what I do there, you know? So I think if you grew up in Nashville and you say, I want to be a country singer, they'd probably say, oh, great. Well, let's get you some guitar lessons. We'll get you some voice lessons. We'll get you maybe go to Belmont for some songwriting, but... Where I was from, people were like, so, so you mean a music teacher? And I'm like, no, a country music singer. And they're like, so music teacher. You know, they just didn't, they didn't get it. No. So, yeah, I just kind of went to school for music and just hoped for the best. And
0: What was the change from, like... New York to Nashville for you. And uh, like I guess I'm asking is what made you pack up your stuff and go? Mm. Like how do you how do you make that change yeah. in
1: life? So I kind of kept listening to the logical people in my life and I left school early to take a real job. So this I was a job at a church in Texas and I was the contemporary vocal director of the biggest Lutheran church in the country. But immediately I just missed writing songs and I was like, This is not where I'm supposed to be. So it was Nashville, New York or LA, I guess are your options and I wanted to do country and I loved songwriting. So it was an obvious choice for me. And it really wasn't, honestly, it's not that different from New York topography wise. Like it looks very similar. It's like rolling trees, hills and yeah, yeah, trees and lakes and it's stuff. It's not like Vegas to Nashville. No, or the desert. Yeah, exactly. So um, that wasn't that different. Um, where I'm from, the girls are much lower maintenance than they are in Nashville. So that was probably a big uh, that, adjustment. You think
0: bougie is the word?
1: Very bougie. Yeah. Like full makeup at brunch, you know, and I'm just like, I don't get to wear my pajamas everywhere I go, so that was an adjustment. But other than that, it was pretty good.
0: Did you move to Nashville by yourself?
1: I did. Yeah, I actually brought my big sister with me, though. Like eventually, she followed me a couple months later.
0: Did you move to Nashville with a deal already, no. or you just went there and then you started mm-hmm. knocking on doors? Yeah, I sort started. Of thing?
1: I started waiting tables because that was the only way I knew how to survive. What place? The Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Dude, oh my okay. god! Fun
0: question. How long did it take you to learn that menu?
1: Oh my, two weeks full training. Wow. Yeah. It was intense.
0: I had a buddy that worked at um, Red Lobster for a long time, and he took a manager job at Cheesecake Factory, and he quit and went back to Red Lobster because the menu was just retarded.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think the managers at Cheesecake make pretty good money, actually. Well,
0: they probably take—I don't know— Three, four weeks to learn the whole menu. They have to because, be geniuses, yes. literally.
1: Yeah, but I so I started waiting tables and just writing with anyone who would write with me. Ended up meeting this girl who also worked at Cheesecake Factory. I think you know she played like a Martin guitar and I did. So we were like, oh, we must be best Besties. friends, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we started writing together, and we, the next thing I know, we're competing on this reality show that they had on CMT a million years ago called Can You Duet? Yeah. And it was for duos. Um. So I went from kind of how I was in college I, I just want to do music I guess I'm gonna to move to Nashville still never in a million years thinking like this would work right. you know I was just like I'll figure something out you know maybe I'll one day I'll be able to pay my bills through music but next thing I know I'm competing on, on national television for a record deal and that's literally the first time in my entire life that I was like maybe I could do this maybe I could be good enough to do this and uh, just being on that show kind of just gave me something to put at the end of my name that made people go, oh, and that got me in better songwrites, right? Right. So then I could get in the room with better songwriters. And then I recorded a few songs with this one company who, uh, this is really funny, they told me they couldn't sign me because they had one other female songwriter, so it would be a conflict of interest. <laughs> Little company. <laughs> Little company, yeah. So, but they loved my music and they loved what I had done with this other writer. So we recorded five songs and they said, well, just anything that gets cut will own your publishing on those songs I was like perfect because I couldn't afford to record a demo you know one songwriting demo back then was like a thousand dollars there's no way you know so um they pitched these five songs to some of the female artists at Curb and the head of A&R back then was John Ogier and he said well I see the same name on these songs and I hear the same voice on all of them is it the same girl and they were like yeah and he was like well I want her in in my office tomorrow morning and I was in his office the next day and he was like I want to sign you to a publishing deal and a record deal and that was it Wow! So like, it went from me like not being able to get a publishing deal anywhere to the next day just publishing record, boom.
0: So what happened to your duet partner?
1: Um, I think she moved away. Yeah, she. We didn't last very long after after the show. As besties? Yeah. (laughs) No, she's actually really great. I, I hopefully you know we'll get to see each other one day. I don't know where she. You still talk to? You don't still talk to her at all? Yeah. No
0: crazy so your first single to country radio Mm -hmm. is it hypocrite or did you have something way before that that well
1: technically seven years ago we put out what i like to call half a single yeah um it was on (laughs) on sidewalk records uh called rambling man and back then i think it must have been 2014 or 2015 and i was just trying to do anything i could do to kind of get my record label's attention right um and so i did this track and it was a hank williams song rambling man and i i changed the lyrics just enough to make it from a female perspective in front of a male instead of a male. And um I changed the melody and we made it like almost like a bluegrass dance track. It was really weird. And the label freaked out and they were like, What is this? We have to release it. It was way ahead of its time. Country right. radio was like, What the heck? Why is there a dance beat in a country song? Now it's like, that's very normal. Right. You know? If
0: you don't do it, you have a problem. Exactly.
1: Yeah, but back then it was it was odd. So uh we put that single out and then Curb never released anything on me after that. And then I was on the label till Literally this year, so it's been seven years. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. And I've been with them since 2011.
0: That is nuts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm is very nuts. grateful to be back out. I think I have a, a pretty different perspective than most artists who are, which is a good thing right now. Yeah. When
0: did Hypocrite actually come out?
1: It came out. I think this must have been this fall. Yeah, and then we released it to country radio January.
0: Did anybody pick it up?
1: Um, as far as play. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I it's don't.
0: I don't listen to radio, so.
1: Why would you? You got your own radio. Own yeah, radio, you don't need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going really well. We're, I think, we're like somewhere in the 60s. That's and awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's That's good. really good. Yeah,
0: cool. I keep sharing with Todd that uh, the last three weeks will be going into week four. That w- within our app, we have this whole feature where you can like a song or not like a song. Yeah. And it's been number one for That's the last so three crazy. weeks going into week four. And I always say that it's crazy because women in country is always a tough thing. It is. Uh, although I would say that the majority of us love it. Uh, It doesn't translate well to ticket sales. It doesn't translate well to number ones Mm -hmm. unless you're one of the very few and many that sort of thing. But I love the fact the minute I saw it, I went, I had to call Todd. I'm like, I'm going to send you something. This is, this is crazy to me because it just turned out the way that it turned out, but it's been consistent. So I just started doing this little episode thing this past week called Unreleased with Toad. And I Mm -hmm. do it on Country F Radio during my segment 12 to 3 called Toad's Tunes, Mm -hmm. Toad's Tunes. Mm -hmm. And, uh. I tried something with Sam where he gave me a single. He's not sure when it's going to be released. He kind of pretty much just gave his middle finger to the label and said, I'm not waiting. I want to release this song. So we released it. We did a big like little media push behind it, shared it with a bunch of people. He calls me the next morning. He's like, I got one question. He goes, am I the number one most liked song? And I went, dude, you're not. I said, you're number two, but still not. Yours I'm not saying his wasn't organic, but yours is organic yeah. as hell, man, which is the neatest thing in the world for me to know that our radio station works. The people engage with it. They listen to it. They let us know what they like and don't like. And I looked at it on the way in today. You're still number one. i was so. so
1: touched. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's really,
0: it's really cool because it's something that we haven't totally paid attention to. Yeah. And now that we have these people that listen every day and um, they come from everywhere. Overseas, yeah. most of it's West Coast stuff because mm-hmm. we, we spend the most of our time branding on the, on the West Coast because mm-hmm. that's kind of what we want to do. We use it as a marketing arm for Stonies because yeah. the artists that come in here, they're not as mainstream. They're still from Nashville, but yeah. they're not as mainstream. I love it. Jason Nix was just here and uh, that dude, I absolutely love everything about him, but he's one of the co-writers <laughs> on Lainey Wilson's A Man, I don't know. Yes. That, that. I think that's what it's called. But I mean, Nashville's is so neat like that, that most of y'all start out writers. Yep. And then you get into performing, singing, doing your own stuff. What's your favorite thing? Do you like the process of recording? Do you like the process of writing? Or do you like the, let's put them in order writing, recording, getting out there and putting it putting out in front of people?
1: Hey, you for asking this question. Don't Someone just me asked me it. earlier today too. And I was like, uh, I just actually did a TikTok. I don't know the, the audio was something like, choose, choose. And then the yeah. person's like, And you held your hands up and I had performing live and writing songs in my hands. And I was just like, no, because I get asked this so often. I love performing live because I am a people person and I genuinely like meeting people. So like the meet and greet thing I actually like, like I like meeting people, hearing their stories, hearing how maybe music is touching them. Maybe even my music touching them. I like to take their stories and write songs about them later as well. But I so I, I love that. And there's something about the power of music. Like when you're live with a band, it's just thrilling. I love that. Um, recording is so freaking cool. And I've got a big producer brain. So like it's. It's probably one of the most fun things because you don't get to do it very often. You know, it's like you maybe get to do a record every couple of years. So that's really special. But I have to pick songwriting because I'm absolutely obsessed. And like, it's just what it's, you know, everyone has that thing you can't not do. If you told me I'm never going to be able to perform live again, I'd be devastated. But I. I'd be... You'd survive. I'd survive, right. you, know, pr- re- you know, recording as well. If you told me that I could never write songs again, I don't think I could not write so- Like, I'd be like, ah, sorry, like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, like, my best friend, Nikita Carmen, I was over at her house the other day, and we only had, like, an hour to catch up, and I hadn't seen her in weeks and weeks. And it was like, how's your life? You know, we could not stop, and we started writing this song, and then I had to leave, so we just voice memoed each other all night. I'm, like, at a bar trying to do this radio thing, and I'm like... And I'm like, in the bathroom, like, what if we did this? Like, nah, 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 nah. And she's like, put it with a track. And I had to borrow someone's phone. And I'm in the bathroom. And I'm just obsessed. And then I went and sang a vocal with her the next day and came home. I was exhausted. It was right after CRS. I hadn't slept in days, right. you know, and I went home and had to write another f- song for three hours. And I was like, what's literally, I think I'm addicted. Like, you're like a literal addict. So if I had to pick, it'd have to be that because there's nothing better than fitting like the English language into the right perfect little melody in the right chord progression. And when it locks in, it's just magic. And then you can't complete like sentences for hours. Like after I write a song, I'm just like, like, I can't even say hi, my name is Ruth. It's just, it's wild, but it's such a cool thing. I love it so much.
0: What's your favorite song you've been a part of so far?
1: Oh gosh.
0: I'm making you think today.
1: I mean, that's such a tough, tough one. I guess it's got to be Hypocrite because, you know, I wrote it with my best friend, Natalie Stovall. I mean, Natalie and Nikita kind of two, three peas in a pod. Um, I'm sure you know Natalie from, from, from Runaway June. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then she's also just a complete badass herself. But um, so we went to college together. And so I was technically living in her driveway when we wrote Hypocrite because, you know— uh, Broke, singer-songwriters, hustle, so I was airbnb being my home out. And on the weekends, I would go live in my Airstream trailer, which I parked in her driveway.
0: That's pretty funny. Yeah,
1: it was fun. So I I was living in her driveway at the time, and I was going through this breakup, and it was just kind of crumbling in front of my face, and I knew there was nothing I could do to save it. It was just a logistic thing. He lived on the other side of the world. There was just no way it was going to work. And um, so I was so heartbroken, but I was trying to act like I was totally fine. And, um, but Natalie knew, you know, and she knew what was going on. And so I just texted her and I said, Can you please come outside? Like, I just, I need your help. Can I you can't come out front. Yeah, come to my house. your driveway. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just can't write this song without you. So we wrote it. And, you know, I just finished telling you how obsessed I am with writing songs. It's all I do constantly. I've never said this, though. And we finished the song and I said, the song is gonna change our lives. I don't know how. At the time I was like, maybe maybe someone else will cut it. Maybe we'll pitch it to somebody, you know. Right. And, but then when Curb picked it as my single, I was like, holy crap, like this, this is, is the start of something, you know, and it already has changed my life. This is the furthest I've gotten with Curb, you know, and having them release something in the radio, and it's just everything feels different. And yeah, so I I guess I would have to say hypocrite.
0: On your off time, what's your favorite thing to do?
1: I don't really have off You
0: don't like fish or like hunt or?
1: No, that would be <laughs> cool. Um, I, I go to the gym and I sit in the sauna. <laughs> I hang out with my dog, yeah. Hazel. She's a little Pomeranian. Um, but literally, like I said, it's like, as soon as I have a moment off, I'm catching up with my girlfriends and we talk for two seconds and then somebody puts a track on and there we go. Like it's Start just, writing again. we write songs. Yeah. That's, that's what we do for fun.
0: When you're out on the road for a while and you mm-hmm. get back home to Nashville, what's your favorite, like your go-to place to eat?
1: Ooh, so I live in five points in East Nashville and my favorite is Lachlan table. They've got this Amazing happy hour! It's community hour every day from like four to six thirty, and everything is six dollars. So you can because I I do like bougie food, so it's Mm -hmm. basically like you can eat like a queen but spend like. $20 twenty dollars and right. you have like had six alcoholic beverages and every delicious entree you could want. So that's my favorite. That's kind of cool. It's I did great. this
0: I did this thing I asked the Swan Brothers of the first person, the first people yeah. that I ever asked that question, and they told me about Monell's.
1: Oh Monell's is great. Dude, that
0: place is awesome. But then people would like write me and be like, dude, we we, we went there.
1: Yeah. And oh, that's so cool. So
0: I like to ask that question because oh, yeah. Nashville's turning into the New Vegas my, sort of thing. Oh, it is.
1: So my one, two, three punch for my favorite well, actually it's a four-punch. My favorite night out in Nashville is Lachlan Table Happy Hour. You cross the street to Urban Cowboy for a cocktail. No, it has to be a Tuesday night. That's very important. So Lachlan Table happy hour, cross the street to Urban Cowboy for a cocktail, and then you go to Honky Tonk Tuesday night at the American Legion on Gallatin, wow. which is in Inglewood, and you will see like the most legit dancing you've ever seen, and these people get dressed up like it's the 1950s, like country western. Only on Tuesdays. Only on Tuesdays, <laughs> Honky Tonk Tuesday. So you go and you dance, and even if you don't dance, just watching, the bands are so good, and watching all the dancers, you're just joyful. And then you leave there and you go to Dino's, which is the best bar food in Nashville by far. They've got like kind of their own version of an in-and-out burger right. so good um so yeah and that's also in east nashville it's just like a little dive so yeah that's that's my favorite night out in nashville i highly recommend it
0: that's pretty crazy how, how far how far from like downtown nashville I'd is it? say that?
1: 10 minutes really? five five on the east stuff 10 all the way out to inglewood for Honk a tuesday so it's not far at all that is so i mean in la terms it's like 30 seconds
0: so fun question do you ever go down to broadway at all
1: Uh, only when there's, like, family in town or friends or somebody who wants to. It's like us on the Strip. Yeah. Here in Vegas. Yeah, right? But, um, I do love Robert's. That's my favorite bar downtown. It's, like, stepping back in time. It's kind of like the Legion, actually. Okay. They have real, really good country, like, country western, like, 1940s Texas swing and people dance. And they have, I think, a recession special, which is a PBR and a fried bologna sandwich for $5. That's
0: (laughs) the recession special. It's delicious. The American Legion here is Italian food, and they have bocce ball in the back.
1: It doesn't sound horrible.
0: Yeah. It's kind of cool. My aunt is older. Mm -hmm. I think she turns 80 this year, and she asked me to play bocce ball with her a couple years ago. I
1: love a little bocce ball game. I have
0: one in my backyard Mm -hmm. now. I'm not even going to lie. But I went down there, and it probably was the worst experience I've had with older people ever because (sighs) they take that game so damn serious. Oh, were they crabby? Oh, my God. And some younger guy, I mean...
1: Don't you step in on their bocce? I
0: was I was her teammate and we (laughs) played and it was one of those things that You're like my
1: sweet aunt just needs a guy to play with her. Come on.
0: She didn't have a partner. So I go in there and if you step in the box before it's your turn, you get in trouble. Like you have to stay on the outside and you can't walk down past the middle thing to measure something. And they were like, that was wrong. And I was just like, man, You're this taking is taking
1: it so seriously. I mean,
0: wow. I think that's their life. They're retired yeah. and, and and they just want their pasta and their bocce ball, that's man. That's sweet. <laughs> and that's, that's it. Sweet. What are your goals for the rest of the year?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I'm about to cross a huge goal off, so I've always wanted to go tour in the UK and my bucket list festival over there is C is C and so right. I, I get to go this Thursday. It's actually fly out on my birthday. So I'm flying to London and I'm doing two days at C2C, and then another show in London, and then another show in London, and then like 12 shows with Sam Outlaw, who's just a great Really like he's actually like SoCal country, right? Um, and yeah, so touring the UK is amazing. And then after that, I get to do another one of my goals, which is my first headlining tour of all time. So, all of May and June, I'm out on the road full band. Um, no, just me, just me and my Honda Civic and my little dog, (laughs) yeah. But we're going all over the country, and um, we'll do we'll probably do like the Nashville show, will be full band, but yeah, it's just like just me on my own. It's gonna be so fun. Do you do you have a
0: full band that you normally play with, Mm -hmm, and what do they do right now? Are they are they just players that they're play in other mostly, bands? Yeah, or?
1: they're mostly like natural guys who you know they they're very loyal. So when I need them somehow, they're always there, you know. Um, but yeah, they play in a bunch of different bands.
0: If I. Not if. When I have you back here, it's going to have to be full band. Oh,
1: I can't wait. It's so my favorite. So it'll be
0: something that should have been on your bucket list, too, just saying. Uh, it's,
1: it's what about uh, the It's number one. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I've never played the Opry. So we're working on that right now. Um, a couple people came out to my record release show from Opry. So that's definitely a huge, huge, huge thing. I'm almost at the point where I'm like... Do I have, like, anti-Opry deodorant or something? Like, do you guys not like me? Because my best friend Natalie, like, literally hosts the Opry, you know? And we've been trying to get this done, and it's so funny. But she said to me the other day, because I firmly believe everything happens for a reason, and she was like, you know, if you had already had your Opry debut, they— you wouldn't have this but now they've started doing this thing I think it's literally called my Opry debut where they film the whole whole thing thing. she's like so literally it's such a good thing that you haven't done it because you're gonna have this footage for the rest of your life you can show your kids your grandkids one day and I was like okay that's cool like that makes me happy about it
0: I've been for three Opry debuts I I originally went back for Tony Jackson's Mm -hmm. and the night prior to that Stephanie Quayle had hers and she so I was in town so I went with her to hers then I did Tony Jackson's and then Thanksgiving time. I flew back and I went and saw Sam grows Yeah, and that's what we were talking about—the Steelwoods earlier. They they played on that and cool. just watching the whole experience and how humbling it is because that's that's so it's just iconic, gonna be so overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have an idea that when you do play, the people that are going to go there that you want to be there? Because I know you get so many invites. Sort yeah, of thing and, and
1: that's the other thing that like.
0: um I'm putting you on the spot. Man. No,
1: it's okay. I'm trying to. D- to decide how much information to divulge um just like because of covid and then also some like per, like personal health issues in my family like i don't think that my mom and dad would both be able to come right now oh, that so that's another reason so where i'm kind of okay that. yeah it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like i think my mom would be able to come but i don't know that my dad would be able to come right now so it's like if we give it a couple more months that's another reason so i, I really want my parents to be there beautiful um, my sisters. If, I've got three sisters. And if any of them could be there, that would mean the world to me. Are they in music at all? No. None of them? Nope. Nobody so my, en- mom, my mom is a pianist, and organist, church organist, Like, and my dad's a writer, so I'm kind of like their little clone. <laughs> but all three of my sisters, we all played like violin, one played cello, we all grew up playing piano, but I'm the only one who stuck to it. So obviously I'm my mom's favorite. And they're all <laughs> still
0: <laughs> my mom's favorite. Yeah. Are they all still up in yeah, New York? Yeah, all
1: in western New York. Yep.
0: If you could put together a show um, of of who you would want to play with one night we'll just say uh, what's your favorite venue like a place that you want to play something like red rocks amphitheater oh or god i
1: would love to play red Rocks. okay so let's
0: take R- red rocks uh-huh. you have an opportunity to play there. money's not an object uh-huh. um who are you playing the show with
1: uh, Well, my guitar player is probably mike campbell from tom no, petty's band no, no i'm talking artists oh artists what okay artists I was the band the together. oh wow money's not an okay um let's like make it crazy so we'll start with like some of my classic roots. We'll get like Emily Lou Harris and Patty Griffin are the obvious choices. Um, then we're gonna go full pop and get Taylor Swift because I just think she's the most incredible songwriter like of our time. I really do. She um, never
0: she's never personal at all.
1: No. Well, that's probably why I relate to her. Um, Yeah, I just thought I was always a big fan of her songwriting. And then when she released those records, Folklore and Evermore, I felt like those were like records I would make. You know, they're more acoustic-y and country and they're just so beautiful. Let's see, who else would be on this bill? Obviously all my friends. So Natalie Stovall would be playing. Nikita Carmen would be playing. Paul Freeman would be playing. Sam Outlaw would be playing. Maggie Rose would be playing. Um, And then what other artists? Probably like Miranda Lambert big fan of her and her Dude, song. This ratings. is a huge festival. Well I you like said that. money's no object. <laughs> you know next thing I know it's gonna be like out in the desert and what right? is it? Jaw Roll's gonna be funding it and it's actually not going to be a real thing. I'm fire. Like, it's the fire festival too. Yeah. <laughs> no, and we would have great food. It would be like a six course catered dinner and open bar and just for everybody. Yeah. And it'd be decorated so beautiful be let's awesome. let's
0: talk Maggie Rose for a sec. Yeah. She's played here a couple times. Yeah. And she was um um she was a little more country back in the day. She's mm-hmm. obviously took a turn. Yeah. Um what do you think of her career making the change like that? Do you think that she fits because that's more of her roots to go into that mm-hmm. that sort of thing and and play? I, what would you? I don't even know what you would call her music. Kind of like soul, yes. maybe like not really R and B, but yeah.
1: It's a bit funk at times, it honestly. Is. Yeah, I think that her voice lends itself so well to that. And when you watch her on stage, she just seems so joyful to be doing that that I think it makes perfect sense. But I was I was proud of her. And it's it's a big feat, you know, huge. Um, to, to you know, I remember her telling me, like, oh, I've been officially moved into the rock division at her booking agency from country. And it's like it's a huge feat to be able to do that. And I mean, she's touring like crazy, like crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right,
0: I got one last question for yeah. you. This one's fun. The boys of After Midtown shocked me with this one and they asked me this and I like p- like putting people on the spot yes. with this one. One album that you can go back to and listen to for the first time again and get that feeling back again. Which album would that be?
1: It's a, it's a tie between Patty Griffin, Flaming Red and which I've discovered in college and she's just an amazing songwriter that so many of like my favorite country artists have cut her songs like Miranda and the Dixie Chicks cut a ton of it back in the day and she's just an incredible songwriter um or honestly Taylor Swift folklore really yeah I think that came out during COVID and it was just like it was beautiful and tragic and sad and I think that's how I felt about life and the world at the time so it really hit me hard
0: who was your favorite artist growing up
1: I this is a really interesting question because I didn't even though my mom was so musical, they didn't really play music. My mom would play classical radio in the car, and that was it. My dad would play, like, James Taylor, maybe The Birds every once in a while. But I didn't really get any musical upbringing as far as, like, rock and roll history. And then when I went to college, that's where all the f- my friends around me were like, name the Beatles. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't. You that know, guy, and they were like, guy, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where I, like, dove into the Beatles and Tom Petty and, you know, Joni Mitchell and Lou Harris and Graham Parsons. And that's kind of where I got my... My kind of, you know, history of music. So really, my the only thing I listened to as a kid, which really comes out hard in my songwriting, is pop radio. Crazy. So I have these like, very country influences that I love so much. But anytime you give me a guitar to sit down and write a song, I'm gonna the melody's gonna come out super poppy. So I kind of think that's sort of what makes my music a little bit different in that way, and that's why.
0: I think that's probably my favorite thing about Hypocrite is it's it's different like that. Thank you. And it seems heartfelt, and watching you sing it last night was pretty pretty freaking cool for for me just to know what it's doing on our station i'm so thankful
1: for that that's that's so cool thank you so much
0: thank you again for the time tell people how to find you online
1: yeah so probably the best way to to come hang out with me online is instagram i'm at ruthie collins music i dm absolutely everybody back who writes to me because like i said i'm a people person and i like like chatting and stuff so yeah you can find me on there and that's probably the best way
0: we won't even get into the tiktoks thanks again (laughs) for the time
1: (laughs) I'm a girl that you call when you need a friend. I'm the one who can talk you off the ledge. Yeah, I'm the one you count on. I've memorized how to find the light in yourself. I can shine so bright.